All right. Okay. Hey, everybody. want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Get Your Geek On podcast. Sans Anthony Arsenio, who is busy working because the tea house is the place to be in the Christmas season. So, as always, we are your host, Charles Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. And we got some great stuff to talk about this week, but we want to kick off the episode with trailer talk. We had two huge trailers drop yep. today. Absolutely incredible. And for the first time ever, an international trailer that was actually completely different from the main trailer. But needless to say, the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer dropped as anticipated. And we got our first look at Bokeem uh, Woodbine as Shocker. Shocker. We got our first look at Donald Glover, who's apparently one of the bad guys. And then we got our first look at Michael Michael Keaton Keaton as as the the Vulture, Vulture. which I think looks pretty badass. Yeah, he's like an evil version of Falcon. Well, the thing I was reading on the, the, the... the write-ups I had seen about it was that their take on the vulture and why they had picked him and stuff like that is they're going in this world, and he kind of says it in their trailer. He's like, the world's changing, and we need to change with it. He's like, in this world where regular people can become superheroes, regular people start to become supervillains as well. Mm-hmm. So he just stumbles into some tech and stuff like that and becomes this, but it's, it's going to be cool to see that take on it. But it was just so awesome to me to see a teenage Peter Parker for yeah. once. Like, it looks like a high school kid yeah. going through this stuff. It's like, when does it get creepy if we keep staring at her? It's like, it, it got creepy. But just even, like, the scene, the uh, the one little thing that no one really took away is apparently if he presses the spider button no, on the yeah, suit, no, everything just slips off. It's like, I'm sorry, I just spit Which all Which means over. it probably tightens off like that as well, but yeah. that was really cool to see. The web wings were really cool to see. Uh, the whole little interaction with Tony Stark, like, I'm, like not I'm, not, I'm not hugging you. I'm, I'm kicking you out. But don't do what I would do. Definitely don't do what I wouldn't do. <laughs> There's a gray area, then, and that's where you move around. Like it's just the, the little things that. But to me, like the whole like Michael Keaton, like stay away, kid, or I'll kill you and everyone you love, and like showing him out of costume and stuff. But for me, that scene of him holding the ship, yeah, like literally being levitated, kind of was like their take on the train scene from yes, Spider-Man Two, exactly, but way more intense because it's like, it's like he's out at sea. Like yeah. I, I saw the cuts before this. So they are literally out in the middle of nowhere. He's got no buildings, nothing for help. So it's gonna be his pure strength mm. pulling that together. But it just looks like the Spider-Man movie that I've always wanted because I've always liked this character. But I, even Andrew Garfield, he was young, but he wasn't Peter Parker to me. No, I, I think they found. I think they found the the good mix of the dopey character because Tobey Maguire had the dopey down and had the superhero down, but he didn't have the wisecracking down. Andrew Garfield didn't have the dopey down, but had the wisecracking down. This one from what the cuts of the trailer look like they have mixed it and along with what you saw in it was um, very john hughes-esque like you got those moments which which is what they had told us that they were going for but my whole thing is like they're going with the harry potter method as it's called now where every spider-man movie is going to be a different year of him in high school basically they want to get a trilogy out of it but the thing that they have to do if they want to do that is do what the harry potter method said you need to be filming these movies asap like that's the, the key of what they did with the harry potter movies literally the day the first harry potter movie premiered was the first day of shooting on the second movie exactly they were literally back to back to back to keep them from like aging out of their characters and that's gonna happen with tom holland like he's gonna he's gonna sprout up and he's, just he's, i just hope that the, the the sony red tape and stuff like that because this is too much of a win for everybody but this is the first real test of like the two companies working together yeah yeah no i i, I want to see this and I, I i agree with you they do if they're going to take the harry potter pop bottom method then you know july of next year you got to be shooting the next one and for whatever, and mixing that in with whatever your phase four is going to be for Marvel or whatever story you're going to tell. Um, I enjoyed the trailer. I I'm really want to see Michael Keaton. I really want to see him in this role. I think it's going to be one of... We've talked about how bad the Marvel villains have been. It has to be good for the fact that he left it and then circled back to it. That's yeah. the only thing that I'm thinking. Like, there's something in that script that they either didn't have or they let him put in or something. There's a reason he came back yeah. to it, so... 
that's what I'll be interested to see. Uh, but the trailer that really took me by surprise this morning because I wasn't expecting it and am so excited for this movie is War of the Planet of the Apes. First of all, let me get out of the way and say now I am completely biased with these movies because I'm so anti-human. It is ridiculous. Like, in these movies, I just want the apes to win. I totally side with Caesar, like... I'm all about it. So seeing Woody Harrelson, Harrelson exactly. I'm gonna say I want him dead. But like that scene where they have Caesar with like on his knees with the gun to his head, and Caesar just like does that badass move where he grabs the gun. But even just like the line at the end, like if we lose this battle, it'll truly be a planet of the. But I just oh dude, that movie like, just looks it, so good. It looks so good. Remember that I'm trying to remember the movie, and I it's escaping me. It has, it had, um, God. It had Matthew McConaughey playing. It was. We had to do with dragons, and I'm think I can't. And it had and Batman. And oh God, I'm, I cannot remember for the life of me what it was. But it looks like that's his role. My thing that killed me in this trailer is like I read an article today about Andy Serkis thinks that motion capture actors should have an Oscar category. They should. And dude, like I saw the behind the scenes of this trailer, like every facial movement on every single one of these apes is those actors. Like they're like, but Andy Serkis has done so much in that field between being King Kong, between being Gollum, between being Caesar the Ape, between being half the other. He's Koba as well. Like that's the other thing. Like the the other bit. Just like that dude brings so much to those characters that you need that. Like those characters are unbelievable. he doesn't bring that to have them. Have you seen? Have you seen what games have been doing? Have did you see what Kevin Spacey did last year in one of the Modern Warfare? Yeah, but it's like the video games. It's like those are movie sequences. You know what I mean? But those are made to be like I, I hold those to a different category. It, it goes, but I'm saying it's all like this. What they call performance capture, where you guy have it. You have the guy out in his suit. He's doing acting. But it it just seems like you're getting gypped. But what I'm saying to that to effect is like your video game point of it. The point of you buying a video game isn't to watch that character; it's to play the gameplay. No, play. no, no. Whereas no. like if, with a movie like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, if you don't buy every single facial oh, t- not, and no, season no, no. and everything like that, that movie doesn't work. No, no, you know that's what not I mean? what I'm getting at. That's uh, I'm sorry. That's not the point I wanted to try to make. The point I was trying to get at is the idea of performance capture because they're starting to do that where you're starting to pull in. You know, yes, they want you to play the video game, but they're pulling in these actors like for the last the last uh, game they pulled in Kit Harrington from a Game of Thrones to do the performance capture for that. Um, last year, Kevin Spacey crushed the ball out of the park with his one. Kit Harrington's done one recently, too, as well. It's like yeah. the video game aspect of it's always going to go far. Like, you've seen the new VR Oculus yeah, yeah. stuff where they the, have the, the treadmill it's, it's, that you could run the idea, on and It's stuff. not no, that the like, video game itself, it's talking about the actual performance capture. Like, these guys are putting in work and they need to get deserved, you know, can some... Can I just tell you, like, I will never be one of those dudes that owns that friggin' Oculus setup with, like, the treadmill one running around. No. That's not video gaming. Video gaming to me is sitting on the couch with my buddy, like, with a controller, just sitting there talking yeah. shit, playing mad, like, hey, buddy, you see that? Yeah. Because I threw that on you. That was a replay. Can I yeah. get a replay? Yeah. Like that's to me is what yeah. gaming is. Like nothing like getting a six-year-old on your mic playing yeah. online that's going off. And, no, yeah. mom, one more game. Yeah. Like just no. the ridiculous just, stuff. Just the performance capture aspect. What you're seeing out of some of the games and the the actors and people that they're pulling into these games and what you're seeing in that kind of work and on the screen is becoming awesome and they should get credit for it. So. That's all I'm trying to say. And some new trailers. The first one that I caught was some new footage uh, last night because I got to go to the 40-minute screening of Logan footage last night. Oh, Yes, okay. absolutely incredible. I'm embargoed I'm to say go, anything about it other mm. than it looks like it's going to do justice to, to Hugh Jackman going out. They showed us the first 40 minutes. Mm. But uh, that looked incredible. But one of the trailers we got on there was a newly cut Power Rangers trailer. Okay. And damn, you get your first taste of Goldar fighting the Megazord. You get your first taste of Zordon, and you get a glimpse of Alpha. 
But looks really, really good, man. I'm really pumped for this movie. The new poster came out today as well. The yeah. shows the uh, Saber Tiger Sword. The yeah, the internet went a little crazy over Alpha. I don't get it. It's like, dude, shut up. You, I don't want it to be anything even remotely related to the original. That's what everyone's. Like. The original was campy and it was all Japanese footage. It was nothing American. So it's like, stop sitting there saying it's blasphemy. It's like the Americans ripped off something. There was uh, it just. I want it to be dark, gritty, original, because this is they're setting the stage for a new franchise. Mm-hmm. So take the classic idea of just a team that's got these cool powered suits and like these cool machines that they fight in and just make it your own. Next trailer, Mummy. What did you think about that? That actually has turned that... me into, a, like, believe it, the fact that they tied Tom Cruise's character dying and then coming back yeah. tied to the mummy, that's going to be cool. The idea of seeing Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in there, apparently he's like the oracle of this monster universe. He's the dude that knows about everything because he's been studying them, and that's how he makes the, the Dr. Hyde potion and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, like, the idea of him being set in there, they said that we're not going to see any of the others in there, though, but the extra clip of the movie is going to set up Johnny Depp's Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. But I think it looks pretty convincing if they, if, if they do was, it right. I was, I was like, I had no idea, and that clip showed me, and it was like, in the, and when they showed that uh, trailer, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually interested in this movie. Because I was like, I was thinking they were going to go Brendan Frasery. No, they didn't go Brendan Frasery. They went... Like modern day, uh, Sophia Patella is. I like what she's starting to do now. She's kind of the playing Amanet. Yeah, playing uh, playing these wonderful characters. Uh. One of the things I like though is Tom Cruise apparently really fought for practical effects with everything. Like they're really in what they call a um, the vomit comet. Which yeah. is like a zero G yeah, plane. No, I saw, I so saw, they filmed I, that whole. I saw sequence. the behind the scenes trailer online. So they were talking about this. So they have the plane that's zero G, and they're like, "Yeah, they're doing stuff." Yeah, and, and they really dropped skydivers out. Like the scene where you see him like pull the ripcord on that. Tra- they really did that with a stunt skydiver yeah. and stuff like that. Like so, th- the stuff like that that is really cool. He's got that Scientology money. <laughs> He's balling, like he really must believe Zenu is watching out for him because some of the stuff that this dude does. Like, I'm not here to mock anybody's religion, but I've been watching that show, Escaping Scientology, and holy hell. First of all, I don't believe it can be a religion if there's photos and videos of your guy. Like, think about it. Joseph Smith, as crazy as the Mormons might believe, there's no video of Joseph Smith sitting up in his living room with those tablets and stuff like that. There's videos of L. Ron Hubbard, like, in a sailor suit, sitting there, like, at the uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's, you can't. You can't. It just and I, it's literally a science fiction book. But these people are like hunting her down. Like as they're filming the show, they're being like surveilled at all times. They're digging through their trash and paying the garbage men to take her trash and stuff like that. And all the producers, like they literally followed the trash men, take their stuff, and then like meet at some dude in like a Ferrari at some point. And the dude's like loading their trash into the car, and they confront them and stuff like that. Like, what are you doing, oh, dude? Boy. That's how crazy these people are. Like anybody that they consider a quote unquote suppressive person, they have the co- take no bars is what they call their policy and just do everything you can to sink them like you put you spread false rumors about them you tell their neighbors that they're pedophiles like all kinds of crazy crazy stuff to try to destroy anybody's life that speaks out against it and i'm like that is the definition of a cult and this like there's people today that are going it's like i'm gonna go get clear scientology is the answer like first of all any religion that you have to pay for i don't believe it even christianity believe in all you want but don't pass that plate to me suddenly god's everywhere but i'm here and he's angry at me and i owe him money i don't <laughs> i don't buy into all that but definitely check out the show it's it's definitely eye-opening if you haven't already seen like the going clear documentary but the reason we are all 
here is the reason that my life was amazing last week, and that is the DC crossover. Yeah. Which people complained about the fact that Supergirl wasn't technically a crossover episode. It's like Supergirl was never advertised. It was the winter finale. Like mm. they had to wrap up the Medusa storyline, which was an amazing episode. Yeah, that was actually really the whole good. idea of like John Jones finally getting healed and being yeah. going back to a Green Martian was like the whole thing for me. But finally, you get to see uh, Maggie and Alex hook up, which is really cool. Mm. Helen Slater returns and knows that Alex was gay, so that wasn't even like a big revelation because she's like, oh, I'm your mom. I know, but just like the, the whole thing of like every time the wormhole opened, like Kara thinking you're that like, that was thinking, Barry and stuff well, like that. It was like it was like you're like, okay, you're gonna hear the music. No, I think they're turning Monel into Superboy. I, th- I think that's kind of where they're going with that arc. I okay. think he is the prince of Daxon that actually went missing. He's not the bodyguard, but because there's someone hunting him that you saw at the end of that episode. But then we moved into the Flash, which I thought was an incredible episode. episode, like introducing the Dominator, setting up the threat, getting Kara over from the Earth, and basically like setting up the way for everything. Was really good. It wasn't a, a, the expansive crossover that I really thought it was going to be. It's kind of like the three episodes covered just three different locations. Nations. It's kind of like Flash was like the set everything up, get everybody here. Arrow was like the oh crap, everybody's gone now. We got to get them back. And then Legends was like the real like hey, it's time to get stuff done. done. Let's go to this episode. But I gotta say, dude, Steel from Legends of Tomorrow is growing on me quick. It's one yeah, of my I favorite enjoy, characters. Like, it's, dude. like uh, so, this is where I will say I sat down and watched that episode. Watched an episode of Legends of Tomorrow. For the first time during the crossover, and I was really in love with his character. Like, He's the he best was, character on the it was show. Like he was, he was, he was able. He was quippy. He had his lines. He went right in, and I was like, okay, now I'm interested. And uh, as Citizen Steel, I was like, where'd you get the suit? <laughs> if we talk about the best Easter egg ever, which is the Brandon Routh, she looks like my cousin. Yes. That, I literally, like, like I was sitting there watching with Eva, and I out loud stood up clapping. I was like, that's the best joke ever. <laughs> and she's like, I don't get it. I'm like, but I do. And it's, it's all like, the yeah. best. It's, it's like, like, she looks like my cousin. For those who don't know, Brandon Routh was Superman. It's <laughs> you that, it, no, I don't justify them with an explanation. If you didn't get that joke, boo you. Like, why are you watching these shows? But there was so many great Easter eggs and references. Glad to see Cisco and Barry rapping things. Things up, which is cool. Stein having the weird daughter, daughter out of nowhere. Here's the thing about that episode. Who, by the it, way, is young um, Lolly on Orange is the New Black when okay. they do her flashback episode. That's okay. the actress that plays her. So here's the thing about that in terms of this and with Cisco and that episode of Legends of Tomorrow where he was so mad at Barry and then they realized what what they had done in saving that Dominator and what is like and he's like. I can't talk. Everybody's like, you know, bow on you, shame on you, Barry, in the uh, Flash episode. But come to Legends of Tomorrow, everybody's like eating a whole bunch of crow. I just love Cisco's reaction when Firestorm transmutes. He's like, yeah, wait, he can do that? <laughs> like, just the, the little reactions like that. But I don't like the fact that he was suddenly able to vibe onto an alien spaceship. Yeah. It's like this dude suddenly got the precision where he can just hand Kara a little thing that's like, hey, here's an instant gateway. Boom, I'll just vibe 38 Earths across. Like mm-hmm. That's the other thing. that We finally identified her Earth as Earth 38, 38. which was interesting to see. But apparently uh, we finally now know how the musical crossover is going to be, and we're also going to get another great iconic moment. They've announced that Mr. Mixelplick is coming to Supergirl, and yeah. he will be pitting the Flash against Superman in a race, and that will also set the stage for the musical crossover. Okay. But we're going to get the Superman-Flash race, not... Supergirl. Yeah. He's actually going to race Tyler Hecklin. So that's going to be interesting to see because that's one of my favorite comic book moments. But I mean, all in all, the crossover hit on all cylinders. I will say that the Arrow episode stuck out as like a great 100th episode. Yeah. Great like emotion in the episode as far as like Oliver and Thea having to make that choice of like, hey, do I stay in this lie that I know is a lie, but like mm-hmm. I get my family and stuff like that, or do I go and like live the full life that's lost the people that I don't know. 
it was a great episode for me. I really think Legends was the episode that stuck out for everything, and that's just because of the resolutions, because mm-hmm. of the teamwork, the fight scenes, everything else like that. Yeah. People were actually saying it ripped off Civil War. I'm like, so you're telling mm-hmm. me any superheroes where you're ever going to see two sides of people two running at each other say, yeah. is Civil War? I would actually say that that fight scene might have been a little bit better than Civil War because there was highlights of every single team member rather than yeah. just like a, a quick view. But like White Canary is kicking some ass on this show. Yes, I. It was I again. It was the first time I had watched a Legends of Tomorrow episode. Like I, I like I tried to watch it last season. It was hard. I tried to watch it this season, and I was like, I have to watch it for this crossover. And then I was like, okay, now I have to go back and start watching. It's very hard for me to not call Supergirl skirt now after that crossover. It's like skirt. I'm not calling you that. I'm gonna call you skirt. Like just the little things like that, and how he calls uh. Brandon Routh haircut yeah, like cut. that's his name They're just just the little things like that that I really love but it was, the teamwork of the show was incredible and it, they're making me care about characters that I never gave a damn about. who would have thought I ever cared about Heatwave and now he's become one of my favorite characters yeah. on Legends and Citizen Steel a dude that like I had to do research about when they cast because I had never even heard of him mm-hmm. and that's coming from like the DC Oracle mm-hmm. but I mean all in all it was an excellent crossover I think that there was great great promise and the ratings were absolutely through the roof so it's definitely going to become something that's like a yearly tradition which I'm excited about mm-hmm. And just making sure we have no breaking news alerts. No, Kevin Smith talking about the uh, Amazing Spider-Man trailer, which we all know. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, what were your thoughts overall? Do you think it's something that they should keep doing as far as, like, all four shows? Or I, I think, yeah, they need to keep doing this. Um, And I would like to see... I'd like to see Supergirl bring some heroes over to her side. Yeah, I would like to... And, I, well, that's the whole point when you heard her says, you know, my Earth needs an Oliver Queen. And you're like... Okay. Well, I was disappointed Martian Manhunter didn't come over because the promo posters make it seem like he well, was going I to. I see. The, well, again, he's a lot of his stuff is effects, and if you're if you're already spending money, I can see why they might. Have yeah, come. but if you're already going Buku money, like fuck it, let's yeah, throw yeah, Martian I, Manhunter. Yeah, I understand in what there. you're like. Well, hey, we've got this guy who's a shapeshifter who because he could shapeshift into one of the and Dominators only, yeah, and like, like get on the ship. You get on the ship. That would make complete and total sense. But hire us, all right, CW. We know what we're talking about. You know, but we're you know. We're not going to talk about this. I think it was good that they knew what their lineup was. I I think next year you're probably going to get something on Earth 38 because they mentioned it. So, you know, it's going to be a Supergirl crossover and where it may, it may start on the Flash and then go. I think they're going to, you know, they'll start the crossover not on the on, you know, and on Monday. They'll start it on a different day and then so that you can tune in next week. I will say Flash's midseason finale was incredible with the whole vision of like Savitar killing Iris, Iris. Which, I, which I called. Like I I knew that was happening from the moment I saw the set photos and I knew it was going to be a future vision because then, then how convenient that it's five months from now that he sees it, which happens to be when? Hmm, mm. Season finale yeah, week. Like, yes. so I wonder how they're saying that, but it was nice to see Jay Garrick back. Apparently he's going to feature predominantly in the back half of the season. But all in all, the, the winter finales for all the shows were absolutely great. So they'll all be back the second week of January. We will wait eagerly in the meantime. But it is Christmas season, so I wanted to bring in two quick movies to review and put Robert's knowledge to the test. And with Christmas season, there's really only two movies for me. And that's the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies and the Jim Carrey Grinch movie, which I hold up as one of the greatest live-action remakes of a book ever made. Mm. Just the, the outtakes on that alone, there's six hours of outtakes of Jim Carrey. But he also did that movie completely blind, which is something people don't realize. The yellow contacts that they put in his eyes, he was allergic to. And they oh. would literally seal his eyes up. And they couldn't even put pinholes in them because of the pressure. So he literally did 98% of that movie blind. Okay. Oh, I did not There's know. literally tons of cuts where they have to like redirect him and point him at the actors that he's supposed to be talking to and stuff like that. It, it's pretty incredible. But I just absolutely, I'm not a big Christmas movie guy. And that's yeah. just, I never even liked the original cartoon. 
of the Grinch. Like I don't watch. I like the original. Ca- I like the original cartoon because they're fun. doing a new animated one next Christmas. Because I see, I grew up. You know, I, I grew up with that. It was like you'd show up on CBS or ABC at times, and we're like, "Hey, it's like, you know, too too small and too too big," and I and loved it. What I didn't know up until I got it this week from Disney Rewards is that the Santa Claus movies were a Disney movie. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a Disney franchise. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought it was like Universal or some reason like that. Nope. So I was always wondering why they never made another one. But it's like, yeah, well, if made, I watched the I mean, third they, one, so yeah, I mean, like it, <laughs> once you brought Martin Short in, it was kind of over the top. It's the myth is Claus. I mean, it's like David Crumholtz is. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's Bernard and stuff like that. <laughs> but it's like you watch how dated that movie really was. Yeah, and it's just oh wow. But I love it. They're they're really great movies. Uh, but one thing we did want to touch on here is some quick geek gifts that you can get for $30 or under because with the holiday season here, there's some great stuff. And it's starting off with the Noble Collection. If you have any Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, DC nerds, they make great stuff. But this is Bilbo's contract from The Hobbit. And any of you that have seen the movie knows the contract that he has to sign to meet with Doran. And this thing is complete. It literally has like every fold and flat, every word of the entire contract. It's all there. We it's only to... 25 bucks on the Noble Collection website, and they're not paying us to say that yet anyway. Um, but they absolutely make some of the best collectibles. All of our Harry Potter stuff, all my Lord of the Rings, rings, swords, everything else like that, it's all made by them. Uh, that's definitely a great gift that you can get for just under 30 bucks. Need a thief? And another great one, if you're looking to go the custom route, is one of our artist spotlights, Jamie Mitchell of Canvas Creations. He makes these amazing custom canvases. And what you do is you send him any image that you want for a center image, and any comics in the background, he does like 30 comics, whatever you want. And he makes these awesome collages of them. Like for this one, what I did is I wanted all the international covers of Harry Potter books. Mm. So that's what he did. And then the Hogwarts crest is the main image. But I have ones from him that are like all Flash comics with like the Flash and Reverse Flash running at each other. All kinds of Green Lantern ones. And he does these. He's actually only 16 years old, makes them up in Canada. And charges only 20 bucks a piece for these. So they're great custom gifts that you can make for people. And then our Spotlight Steel, um, great, great website that you can catch over here, which is dvdoosday.com. And uh, they offer great deals on DVDs. And this week they have the Men in Black Trilogy for only 5 bucks on DVD, which is a great deal. I absolutely love those movies. It's one of my favorite like sci-fi trilogies. I think the third one absolutely wrapped up that trilogy so well with like the whole K has been watching out for him his whole life and stuff like that because of his dad dying. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it? No, I had not seen the third one. Oh, no. Spoiler alert. But yeah, it's it like the way that um, I'm trying to think of a comparable movie that really does like the whole time travel, everything makes sense loop. Uh, uh, outside of Doctor Who, um, I'm trying to think of a time travel movie that Predestination is the only one I can think of. Prede- yeah, that movie no, 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 but well, the but and then Butterfly Effect. Yeah. The Butterfly Effect. And then the last gift is the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Case of Beasts. Only 25 bucks, also made by the Noble Collection. It's got great stuff. It's got all kinds of great props from the movies and then, like, making of all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff. But they're really great. They all make all kinds of great official props. There's tons of posters, stuff in here to give out as gifts. So I think that is going to wrap us up for this week's episode of Get Your Geek On. We will be back next week for the great interview with Alex Simmons, as well as being able to announce our new sponsors and our new show platform that we're going to be launching on NerdHarder January 1st. Be sure to check back as we will have Anthony back in studio and some great new movie reviews, including Office Christmas Party and Rogue One, which comes out next week. Cannot wait for that one. So stay tuned here. We will have all the latest and greatest up on next week's episode of Get Your Geek On. Have a week.